I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7, Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. We're dealing with Solomon, and we kind of abruptly ended last time as he's wrestling with under-the-sun thinking, and yet every once in a while comes back with his uh, godly wisdom that he got in the beginning that he forsook over the years, and he is not abandoning wisdom totally. He's looking at all of this, and if you remember uh, on the last time, we were looking at some Proverbs for the pathway, some Proverbs for the pathway, things that were better, and he used a lot of comparisons. A good name is better than this, and this is better than that, and he comes down into verse number 12. He says, for wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of the knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Now, he starts out in the verse before that, wisdom is good. See, there's our good word. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. And by it, there is profit to them that see under the sun. So Solomon says, hey, wisdom is is a good thing. It's like an inheritance. It's something that's wonderful. It has benefits and it gives help. And then he tells us what wisdom is like. Look at it carefully. Wisdom, he said, is a defense. Well, the word defense there is a word that's used to mean uh, a shelter, uh, protection. He said wisdom is a shelter. It's a source. It's a deep place. And money is a defense. Like money, wisdom is something that is a source of shelter. He says, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Wisdom has a safety as well. Wisdom has a safety. The excellency of knowledge. Now, the word knowledge is a word that is akin to wisdom. It's a word that's cunning and skill in what you know. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to be skilled in what you know. There are different types of knowledge. The Bible, especially in the wisdom literature, deals with uh, a kind of a starting point and a growing point. And we start off with knowledge, understanding, wisdom, discernment, and discretion. And when we follow that line of thinking, we find ourselves knowledge, okay, knowing something, learning something, having a knowledge base of things. Now, I have a knowledge base 
of things. I have a lot of things that I know about, that I know a few things of, but I do not have understanding and all that knowledge. I have a knowledge of the disease that I have, but I do not understand it. I do not have that. I have a knowledge of music and an understanding of music. So that makes it a different type of knowledge. It's a knowledge that I have acquired and learned and then experienced and used. And I have found in my life that when I want to learn something, I find that if I use it, I, I can remember it and it makes more sense. When I was learning to program computers, I didn't go to school for it. I got a book and started teaching myself. Well, the book didn't make sense, and I would read it, and then I would go over to the computer and type in some commands, and if they worked, I'd go, aha. If they didn't work, i say, that's not right. And I would get it till I saw it, and then i say, I get that. Now I understand. Okay, now I get that. I understand. And over time, I was able to teach myself what uh, the computer book was trying to tell me, and I was able to understand it. Now when I read that book, I understand it because I have used it in experience and I know what it means so we have knowledge but knowledge has to translate from just knowing the facts to understanding how it works having an understanding and a comprehension factor of those facts and that knowledge now that knowledge that has become understanding now that I understand what it means I need to apply it and use it for my good and not against me. When you know something and you know something's right and you don't do it, you have gone against your own judgment. And that is wisdom. Wisdom says, now that I have knowledge and I understand how that knowledge works, when I understand that if I do this, this happens, and that's not a good thing, so I better not do it. Well, I understand that I do this, this happens, and that is a good thing, and I should let that happen. I am applying wisdom. I'm applying this skill to this understanding of knowledge. And so that enables me to then have a wise decision-making factor. Well, as I am now getting knowledge and understanding that knowledge and getting the skill with which I am using that knowledge on a daily basis, it allows me to develop the last two things that both start with a D. The first one is discernment, and that is simply the ability to judge something in a quick manner based on the knowledge and understanding and wisdom that you have acquired. Now you see something, go, aha, danger, warning, not even going to get close to that road, not going down that road, not going anywhere near that. That's discernment. You are able to discern simply because you have learned some things, you've understood them, and you have applied it, and you've seen how when you don't apply it right, it comes against you. When you apply it right, it does. Then that leads to discretion, and discretion just says, I'm going to behave in such a way to avoid any offense of any kind. So you see the discernment. Nope, that's a bad road. I'm not behaving that way. 
I'm not acting that way. I'm not acting on that, in that, or letting that act on me. It gives us an incredible grip when we are able to do that. Solomon said that wisdom was a place of safety. He lived his life in it. Well, it was a safety net when he had the right kind of wisdom, but it wasn't when he didn't. So we see here that he had a wisdom's shelter and wisdom's safety. But in verse 13, we see wisdom's submission. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight, which he hath made crooked? Here's something that comes in. We have to submit to the will of God because we can't fix what God has done. We can't change what God has done. Who can make straight what God has bent? Wisdom is a shelter and wisdom is a safety, but wisdom also shows us that God's will is more important to us. Wisdom's submission. We submit to the fact that we can't change and fix everything, that God has some things, and if God fixes it a certain way, that's the way it is, that's the way it's going to be, and there is nothing we can do. Let me just say this. God made something very straight that we want to make crooked, and that is the, the, the laws of God. In the very beginning, he gave us those uh, laws that we call the Ten Commandments. And there's moral things in there and godly things in there, things that deal with idolatry and immorality. And we want to try to fix that into our generation to make it our way so that we can get away with things. We cannot do that. You can't change what God says is. You can go against God. That's not discernment. You can go against God and do those things, say those things, act on those things. That's not discernment. And you're certainly not applying wisdom to what you know. But you cannot change. You will not go to heaven and change God's mind about your judgment. It's not going to happen. Wisdom has a submission factor. And then in verse number 14, Solomon says, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider God also has set the one over against the other to the end that no man should find nothing after him. Okay, very, very simply put, this is wisdom's way of telling us about possessions. Okay, the prosperity, wisdom's sight, looking at the things, considering things, considering the prosperity, considering the adversity. Think about these things. Wisdom helps us to see a couple things. Number one, it reminds us to enjoy when God prospers us. But be ready because adversity could come. The idea of adversity, things that are adverse to the things that we would like. We don't want those things to happen. We certainly don't enjoy those things. But to everything, there is a season and a time and every purpose under the sun. There is a time to be born and die, time to plant and to pluck up what's planted, a time to kill and to heal, time to break. There are those things that God said are in a timing. Be very, very careful. In the days of prosperity, yeah, go ahead and be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider what God has said. Remember, God has also set the one over against the other 
to the end that no or to the end that man should find nothing after him meaning that no one can discover what the future holds you don't know if you'll be enjoying the prosperity today or the adversity or both boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth the bible made it very clear the book of James, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we'll go in such and such city and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. So we see we need to know the value of wisdom in verses 11 through 14. We need to know the value of wisdom. And we saw the things that wisdom was. Now we get to verses 15 through 17. We need to know the verity of the wicked and the wise. The idea of the word verity means truthfulness. Verity is truthless. Verily, verily, I say unto you, truthfully, truthfully. And here we're looking at three things in verses 15 through 18. We're looking at perplexity, pride, and possessing. Let's see what Solomon has to say here. And we look down and we see here, that he says, all things have I seen in the days of my vanity. Now, again, he's looking at things under the sun, so things don't always come the way uh, he thought it would be. In all the days of his emptiness, there is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. He said, it just doesn't make sense. Here's a righteous man living great, and his life is cut short. And here's a wicked man living wicked, and his life is prolonged. I guess Solomon is saying what we hear a lot today. Why do bad things happen to good people? And some would say, why do bad things happen to God's people? Why is it that that happened? Well, God says some things about that because remind yourselves, this is not home. This is not where we end up. This is not forever for us. This is our sojourning. This is our pilgrimage from our salvation to the other side. And things happen because this earth is sin-cursed. It is a sin-cursed earth. Solomon had a perplexity. He said, I've seen this, and I don't get it. Well, that perplexity is fixed in God. God says that there are sinful people and don't all through the psalms don't worry about the prosperity of the wicked they have their day coming and don't worry about the fact that sometimes the righteous don't get uh, the, the full end of the deal and they kind of get the short of the stick because they have their day coming too and they're going to have the full stick and the other ones the wicked people are not going to have any stick they're going to be in the lake of fire forever and forever and forever he says hey listen this is some things that I just can't handle. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man, a righteous man, that perisheth in his righteousness. Well, hey, that's true. We're going to die because we need another address. And there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life, but he doesn't stay forever. He just prolongs it. We see that then we go from the perplexity to the pride. Look at verses 16 and 17. Be not righteous over much, neither make thyself over wise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? Here he's saying, hey, 
Don't be self-righteous, prideful. These things will destroy you. He's not saying don't try to be righteous. He's saying don't lord it. Don't become a prideful person like, hey, I'm righteous. I'm somebody. Don't do that. You're going to destroy yourself. And don't overlord the wicked. You're going to destroy yourself. That's foolishness. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? Why would you put yourself in that kind of predicament that you would be in that part of God? The Bible talks about we can be uh, fruit inspectors. When you read about uh, Matthew chapter 7 and judging, but it talks about not being a hypocritical judge, meaning you're pointing to somebody and the time you're pointing to them and judging them, the very same thing is in your life or something worse is in your life. Don't become the overlorder. Let God deal with that and you become righteous and grow in righteousness and not flaunt your righteousness. God hates pride. God doesn't like pride when you're being proud that you're somebody even if it's to say, hey, I'm righteous, Lord. I'm doing what's right. I'm a good person. Because my Bible says, wherefore, take heed that he that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. And surely pride goeth before a fall. Be very, very careful not to elevate yourself in a position of judgment above others. Let God do that. My Bible says, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. He said in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 5, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16 verse number 18. Those are the things that we need to understand when it comes to the pride. Know the value of wisdom. Know the verity of the wicked and the wise, the perplexity that he had, the pride that he saw. Now, verse number 18 and this truthfulness, here is the possessing. Verse number 18 says, It is good that thou should take hold of this, possess, get, get, get hold of this thing. Also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Basically, what he's saying is, get hold of this truth. Pride will destroy you. Do you think that Solomon knew that pride was a destructive force? Do you think that Solomon understood that pride uh, messed with him and dealt with him and caused him some problems in his life? Pride is that which gets in the way and makes us like we're the somebody when it's always God this is somebody and we are the ones that are dependent totally upon him. So possess, take hold of this wisdom, this righteousness, and don't let it go. Fasten tight to it, take hold of it, and do not let it slip out of your hand. You possess this, don't give it up. Don't throw it down. Don't say, I'm done with it. Don't turn it around. Man, don't do that. Take what God has given you and run with it. But do not go backwards and pick up those wicked devices. We must learn to honestly look at what we are growing in the Bible and growing in the Word and remind ourselves constantly 
that we are on the road of life. We need to ponder the fact that we need to take that knowledge and understanding and wisdom and turn it into discernment and discretion so we do not act on that which we should not. God is in absolute control. We stay true to his word and we absolutely shun all that that is not God's word. We now come to the next section. We are to know the value of wisdom, the verity of the wicked and wise. Now verses 19 through 25, know the vigor of wisdom or the power that it has, its strength. When we look at verse number 19, wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than 10 mighty men which are in the city. What a powerful statement. 10 mighty men, 10 rulers of a city. Wisdom is stronger than that. Now the word strengthen is in the present tense, ETH. It continues, wisdom is constantly strengthening better than 10 mighty men which are in a city. It's more powerful than all the powerful rulers of time. What a thought process. Hey, this is incredible. But not only that, wisdom is strong and because it is strong, it prevails and it is victorious. Therefore, let wisdom continually strengthen you. And listen, if you're wise, you will, because wisdom strengtheneth the wise, not the fool. Wisdom strengthens the wise and strengthens the wise more than any of those in the city. For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. He said, know the vigor, the strength of wisdom, number one, to combat sin. There's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. There is not one. Know that wisdom helps us to combat our sin. We are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are to let the Lord teach us through the Bible so that we can deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and we will live then soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, and that we will not love the things of this world or the things that are in this world. Because the Bible makes it clear if the, we, the, we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. That we just do not want to do. And Galatians, Paul said, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, you shall not, never, 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 fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another. So that you cannot do the things that ye would. Wisdom strengthens the wise more. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Therefore, what we need to do is put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. And then we need to submit ourselves to God and resist the devil so he can flee from us. Also, verse 21, take no heed unto all the words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oft times also thine own heart knoweth that thyself likewise hath cursed others. Not only do we see that it helps us to combat sin, but it helps us to combat the speech that we hear and the speech that we say. We have had things come out of our mouth. Wisdom says don't do it. We've heard people say things out of their mouth to us. Wisdom says don't let it knock you down. Don't let it mess you up. There is no other way but to let wisdom rule and reign. Wisdom's 
ruling and reigning. Take no heed unto the words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Don't always look at what people are saying and let it get to you. It's not saying don't listen to people who are teaching you, right? This is getting with people in the context of the sinning and the sinner and the unwise and the unrighteous. Hey, listen, don't let the world's throwing things at you. Polycarp said, you don't even have to tie me down. I'm going to stand still. I'm not moving. I'm going to stay right here. And man, they got upset because he just wouldn't burn right away. And things were happening, and they finally uh, just lit it more wood in higher flames. We're going to deal with this guy. Well, sorry. That's just not quite the way it worked for him. They finally uh, had to stoke it even higher before he died. He was not moving. He wasn't going to, hey, he had, he didn't care what people were saying. It didn't matter to him. He said, 86 years have I been serving the Lord. He's never done me no wrong. I'm not going to do anything now. I'm not going to do that. The sad part is that people will always have something to say. They will always have a reason to hurt and to say things like the, the, the hurtful things that they say. And then we look down at verse number uh, 23, and we see in verses 23 to 25, not only do we see it to combat the speech but we, to com- and the sin, but to combat shortcomings. All this have I proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? I applied mine heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness and folly, even of the foolishness and madness. You know what he said? He said, I looked at everything and this is what I come to conclusion with. I can't understand it all. He said, I'm trying to put this all together, but I don't get it. I have my limits. Even wisdom is not happening. I'm glad I got some wisdom, but I don't get it all. There are some things that hinder us. Sin hinders us from learning what we should. And not praying right keeps us from doing it. But if my Bible says, if any lacks wisdom, letting him ask the God that giveth all men liberally and liberate not, it shall be given him. But Solomon let the godly wisdom slip and the worldly wisdom come in. He said, I've tried to get it, I've tried to think through it, and I can't do it. It's just too far. And there's a lot that God knows that we don't know. So he comes to the conclusion of the book, and he makes he says here, you need to be on guard because it's all coming to get you. And the two things to be on guard is be on guard of, of the, the harlot and of the human beings because the Bible makes it clear that there are snares that come. And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands is bands. Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her but the sinner shall be taken by her. He said, that's it. Then he said, behold, this I have found. Said the preacher, counting one by one to find out the account, which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not one man among a thousand have I found, but a woman among all those have I not found. Well, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions many schemes he said i just found out god has made everything right but man is trying to skew it all he's trying to scheme his way and i am having difficulty with my worldly wisdom amen you won't make it with worldly wisdom father help us to have the godly wisdom that we need and help us to see you clearly and not anything else in jesus name amen this is pastor walton have a great week said he would do how I love
precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.